You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is Welcome back here, folks, on Big Blue Views Audio Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Nick Villano and Chris Flum for today's preview of the Giants' first preseason game of 2021. Yes, folks, you heard that correctly. The Giants will be playing football for the first time uh, for this 2021 season. It is going to be against the New York Jets. That game is set to kick off at 7.30, obviously, at MetLife Stadium because they are playing the team that they share the stadium with. So a tradition that we see fairly consistently throughout the preseason, the battle between the Jets and the Giants. And there's going to be some headlines that we're going to be focusing in on, and we're going to discuss that on today's preview show of this preseason game. But the one thing that we were talking about and going over before we hopped on the mic and started recording is how odd things are going to be this preseason. And it's not because of COVID like we had last year, but for the fact that there are only three preseason games. And that is honestly going to impact how guys are are put on the field, how guys are deployed, how much the offense and defense is going to use of their playbook. We're not used to this three-game structure. We're not used to seeing a preseason that is only consisting of three games. So right now, it's a bit up in the air. We can't really fully predict and say who we know is going to be out there and playing until after the game. In years past, you know, obviously not last year, but you know, all the way up to 2019 when they had four preseason games, there was a rhythm to it. You know, teams would send their starters out for one series, maybe two, maybe three if things went really badly and they only got like three plays. And then they'd start rotating the backups in and everything would be real vanilla. Uh, Just cover two on defense. No few, not a whole lot of blitzing, not a whole lot of wrinkles and rotations and things like that. Uh, Teams wouldn't show much on offense. They were basically just trying to get into the swing of things, you know, get out of the game with some experience, but without showing too much of what they're planning. And then they would play things a little bit more seriously, a little bit more regular season game-like in game two. Then in preseason week three, that was the the dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. You know, that was when the Giants would always play the Jets. It, it feels weird that this is week one. And I don't know, it feels like kind of lowers the stakes on what used to be the Snoopy Bowl. And then preseason week four, most of the starters would sit out and it would be a showcase for the guys at the back end of the roster, the guys fighting to just stay in the league, a lot of them. You know, this year, are we still going to see that real vanilla 
week one, or are we going to see something maybe a little bit more like what we used to see in week two, where like the first quarter would look a pretty much like what the team was planning on playing in the regular season. Yeah. I I just don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it seems like having one less preseason game. I mean, that's great for the NFL players, but it's going to affect, or at least it really raises the stakes of these younger players on the roster who are really trying to just crack that 53, 55, whatever you want to deem it. So I'm looking at guys like Sam Beal, guys who, you know, they were drafted somewhat high and controversially have not played in quite a while now. Can they do enough in this little three-game sample size to earn a final roster spot, especially in these really, really deep groups that the Giants have, like the cornerback position, like the defensive line? I wish one of those deep groups was the offensive line, but unfortunately, that is not the case for the New York Giants right now. Just as a sidebar, that's that's not the case for a lot of teams in the league. There are very, very few really deep offensive lines out there, but that, I think, is a whole other podcast. That, that definitely is an area of concern for the Giants, and I think someplace we're going to be watching. Yes, uh, you're 100% right about that. Offensive line play is one of the hardest things to find, but uh, I'm a little concerned with uh, the fact that if one of these starters who none of them are really proven, if we're going to be honest, if one of those starters goes down, the Giants at tackle, at center, at guard, what what have you, Giants are maybe in a really problematic position, and you're relying on starters who haven't really proven consistent yet. Yeah, and I think that actually leads into the number one thing I'm watching for in this preseason game, just overall at every position on every side of the ball, offense, defense, special teams, and that is no injuries. Yeah, Get in, get some experience, get some game reps, and get out with everybody healthy. I think that is the number one thing. Yeah, that's always one big hurdle that you tend to try to, to handle properly within preseason, which is not dealing with any injuries. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Nick, as well, where if there is an injury with any of these starters – during the preseason with the offensive line, they are going to be in a really serious hole because, as we know, this group is not very proven, not that consistent, and you lose one guy, it's already going to be suffering big time. So I almost wonder here, going off of that, hopefully there's no injuries, I almost wonder how much they deploy the starters, if even at all in this first game, if it's just going to be maybe one series because they're trying to keep everybody's legs fresh for what is going to be the 17-game schedule coming up, which is going to be a grueling haul to get through for uh, a lot of these guys that have sometimes struggled to stay fully healthy. I think there's you're, you're right with, with that, but then I look at certain players like Matt Parrott. He's somebody that probably, if his back is okay and everything is, is straight with that, He's somebody who should probably see the field a little bit and get some experience under his belt. You know, Maybe Will Hernandez at right guard as well. Now, Lemieux, he's still dealing with that injury. It seems like everything's going to be fine there. I wouldn't force his hand to put him in there. But I think you're right, man. Maybe a series, maybe two. But I hope that's enough for them to really get comfortable. And then kind of you know, the third preseason game, they'll see a lot more, a little bit more reps to really get ready for week one because Denver, Denver's a tough matchup defensively. I mean, you're going to have Von Miller coming back off the injury. You're going to have Bradley Chubb. You're going to have one of the best defensive minds of Vic Fangio. And you better believe Vic Fangio is going to throw the house in terms of twists and stunts and blitzes at the Giants protection packages who are going to consist of a really, really young offensive line. And speaking on, you're talking about some of those protection packages. And then also, I think we also need to consider the offensive scheme as something that 
we're going to be curious to see how much they actually unveil to us during this preseason game. Again, we're going to keep saying this throughout, I think, the entirety of the preseason games when we do previews and recaps. There's only three games, so how much do you actually reveal? How much do you use as a period of dress rehearsal to get ready for the season? Obviously, you're not going to do any advanced wrinkles that are going to be advantageous for you in week one and throughout the season. But are we going to see any vari- variations in the offensive play calling, in the scheme? Is there going to be anything different from what we saw last year? And we've talked about a ton here on the show how Jason Garrett last season had a bit of a vanilla offense. Now you could argue he was forced into that because of the lack of talent at certain positions that he had to rely on certain offensive play calling styles. But do we see a shift away from that now that we're getting guys back healthy? Does he use the backups to try and test some stuff out? Are we going to get to see something different, or is it going to be more in line with how things looked in uh, the 2020 season? I think for just the first preseason game, being the first preseason game, I think it's going to be kind of in line with what we saw last year. Just getting guys into a rhythm, getting them used to playing at game speed, uh, building some confidence with the common plays that they execute best. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see something kind of like the general shape of what the regular season offense is going to look like. You know, maybe we will get an idea of the types of running schemes the Giants want to use. Like, you know, will they stick with some man gap looks or will they use more of the inside zone? Will they use more outside zone than maybe we saw last year? Uh, Will we start to see more vertical passes because they have an actual X receiver now? Maybe Jason Garrett will get to use some more of those Air Coriel concepts he loved so much in Dallas. I don't think we'll get to see any of the any of the ways in which they could get Kadarius Tony involved as more of a, an offensive weapon than as a just athletic slot receiver. But I do think we might start to get just a general shape of what could be changing but i don't expect to see anything i don't expect to see and have any revelations about what the offensive scheme is going to be yeah they don't want to show their hand which i i hope they don't i'm wondering how many vertical type of passes they're actually going to do how will they attack downfield because i would love to see it but at the same time if you're not playing uh matt parrot or andrew thomas and Nate Solder still dealing with his injury and you have guys like the back-end roster offensive lineman out there. I don't know if you really want Daniel Jones, if, if he is still on the field, taking you know five- to seven-step drops and hitting the back foot with defenders coming in who are trying to make the team and want to absolutely obliterate Daniel Jones. So you have to protect him. But when Mike Glennon gets in the game, probably <laughs> you want to protect Mike Glennon too. But he is somebody who is who can really stretch the field vertically, and I could see maybe Jason Garrett opening up a little bit more with Mike Glennon, who's also more experienced than Daniel Jones, been in the league, been in a lot of different offenses. Hopefully, he can have a a better internal clock to get rid of the football. Maybe not than Jones, but just to realize that it is preseason and that he can live to fight another day. But I would like to see some more vertical push specifically when they are facing middle of the field open defenses. So you're talking about your cover twos, 
half field type defenses and using Evan Ingram up the seam, which is something that we've been talking about since he was drafted with the first round pick back in 2017. Pat Shermer didn't use it enough. McAdoo didn't use it enough. And we did not see it enough from Jason Garrett last year. Now we can point to the offensive line. That's the reasons why. And they wanted to keep him into chip and block and release. And that's why he ran a lot of little spot routes, a lot of little flats. Sometimes you'd run a seven, which is a little bit more of a vertical type of route. But I want to see that tight end, stretch the seam, carry the linebacker, have an underneath route, and then you can have a high-low read on that linebacker, and you can try to fit the ball if you want to attack the seam into Evan Ingram, up the seam with safeties kind of converging on him. Now, can Evan Ingram catch the football in stride like that? That's a that's a debate for another day. <laughs> so you bring up a really good point, Nick, that I, I, I want to hit on here, is relating to, to Mike Lennon. And I, we're not in a situation here, I think we can all agree that Mike Lennon is not competing with Daniel Jones for the starting job. But last season, Daniel Jones goes down with an injury, dealing with it towards the end of the season. It hampers him, his ability to move. Colt McCoy has to play. Colt McCoy does well in some games. He's overall physically very limited, I think, which really held back the offense in the games where Daniel Jones was not in the game, an offense that was already struggling. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking here, one, just in this game alone, and also two, overall the, throughout the entirety of the preseason, what can Mike Glennon do? Does he look good in this offense? Does, does Jason Garrett decide to have some fun and, and let him go out there and, and ball out a little bit? I'm hoping to see some good things from Mike Glennon because in the event that something does happen to Daniel Jones again, which we are praying does not, we're hoping that the offensive line is a lot better this year than it was in past years with these young guys developing. But in the event that something does happen, I would like to know what Mike Lennon's capable of. We knew what, what Colt McCoy was going to do, and he basically lived up to those expectations, but it would be nice to kind of get an understanding of what Mike Lennon is going to do as the backup and possible step-in player if he needs to. Yeah, I think especially at the backup quarterback position, you definitely have to prepare for the worst but hope for the best. And you know, injuries have been a thing with Daniel Jones. He he had that uh, broken clavicle in college. You know, he had lower body injuries the last two years. You know, he seems to get back on the field quickly. He's a tough guy, but he doesn't quite have the uh, Eli Manning level of durability. Not that anyone this side of Brett Favre does have that kind of durability. But you, know, you, you do need to know what you have in your backup quarterback just in case. Just in case, exactly. Yeah, and it was uh, Daniel Jones. It was foot and and like low ankle, I believe it was. I remember him having a boot on, but uh, someone could probably check me on that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, with uh, Mike Lennon, you you said Joe, what can he offer differently? Is kind of from Colt McCoy, and there's a lot he can offer differently. Now, I don't think he's going to be as equipped to set the offense up in the most advantageous ways pre-snap like Colt McCoy was. Colt McCoy had a full command of the offense and there were times he checked into runs and it was a smart move. There were times where he recognized blitzes and threw hot and it was smart. But ask him to throw outside the numbers. Not that great. Mm. Ask him to push the ball 25 <laughs> yards down the field. Eh, not something I really want him doing. Mike Glennon can do those things. Now, can he master the cerebral part of the game? That's a different type of question. Look at the receivers he's going to be throwing to in his preseason game, though, when he gets in there. He's going to be throwing to some solid NFL receivers, guys who may not make this roster, but players like Dante Pettis, for instance. I mean, I'm sure John Ross may get some run with the second team as well. He's somebody I think that will ultimately make the roster. But those are two talented guys going up against the Jets' secondary second team. I mean, 
maybe we can see some vertical passes, especially with the speed that John Ross has and the skills that Dante Pettis has. And then if they can have success with Mike Glennon, that will even help their chances to crack this roster in what is a deep receiving core for the New York Giants, which I love to hear because last year it was the exact opposite of being deep. It was really <laughs> shallow. <laughs> I like those notes that you make on the receiving group, and I think that's that's very important as well, too, is how do these back-end guys work into the rotation? Does John Ross and uh, Do John Ross and Dante Pettis prove themselves, and do they solidify themselves as the rounding-out bottom part of the roster? And I'm also curious, does Kadarius Toney work his way into the lineup and get on the field? We know that he's been a little bit banged up throughout training camp, has not been 100% healthy, also had some problems with his shoes, um, but he has this opportunity to step in maybe for this per- first preseason game. And I think you can also throw into the mix of how uh, do we get to see guys play that have been dealing with some lingering issues with Shane Lemieux. I feel like that's probably unlikely that he steps in because of how recently he was um, removed from not practicing. But Matt Parrott, I think, and you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, Nick, I want to see what he does and how much playing time he gets. I feel like out of any of the projected starting linemen, he's probably going to get thrown out there the most because, as we all know, this is a guy that's still developing and that needs to reach his full development. The only way that a guy like that is going to be ready for the season is to put him out there for as many live reps as possible. Holding him back is not going to really do much for him. Nate Solder doesn't need to go out there to prove himself as much as Matt Perk does. Absolutely not. And O'Shane Zimenez can get thrown in there on the defensive side as well. But Matt Parrott, I mean, he's going to be going up against if he, if he gets these first team reps and the Jets put out their newly acquired excellent pass rusher, underrated pass rusher, plays with excellent leverage pass rusher, Carl Lawson, somebody who I was high on coming out of college, fell in the draft because he had some lingering hip issues. But it, you know what? It seems like he's had success, but he was toiling away in Cincinnati. And then you also have John Franklin Meyer, who is another underrated pass rusher. So I want to see Matt Parrott handle those types of pass rushers, specifically Lawson, because Parrott is a really, really big guy, high center of gravity, very, very long. Carl Lawson, shorter pass rusher, plays with great leverage. Can Matt Parrott anchor down and not allow Carl Lawson to explode low to high through Parrott's high center of gravity? I'm interested to see that, and hopefully we get a chance and opportunity to this Saturday. Yeah, the, the Jets, they have their issues. I, I think that's fair to say. You don't go drafting as high as they do as often as they do without having issues kind of all over your all over their roster but they do have a pretty good defensive front and that should be a pretty good test early on for the Giants offensive line you know an offensive line we've, we've already t- touched on there are a lot of questions out there about this offensive line yeah I think one matchup we maybe would have liked to have seen especially if it worked out in the Giants favor is Quinn and Williams against the Giants interior, but I do not believe he is playing. So, you know, maybe that'll at least work out for the Giants. They don't have to go up against him. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really interesting point that you say here that we're, it's might be good that they don't have to go against Quinn and Williams. Those reps would be helpful for the interior guys to deal with, maybe just for a series or two. Uh, but if I think if we're just, you know, presuming likelihood, he's probably not going to be getting in there at all probably in this first preseason game. We've got some defensive headlines that we're going to be watching for, and we're going to get to them very shortly. Before we do, we just need to take a very quick commercial break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Defensively, I'm very intrigued, not as much by, and I know this sounds a bit odd to be saying coming from the Giants media perspective, but I think I'm the most interested in seeing how some of these Jets rookies do being thrown into the fire going up against Patrick Graham's defense. Specifically, the one that that stands out to me the most is Zach Wilson. And I know that he's a rookie and he's also going to be the starting quarterback, I feel like they're going to give him a lot of playing time in this one because they're going to need him to get acclimated and ready to go. Does he actually perform at a high level? Is this a guy that's a gamer that we know that has has a you know a gamer mentality to him? Is he going to step up and play really well against the Giants, or is he going to maybe struggle? And also, you can also attach attach onto that. How well do the Giants' backup defensive players play against Zach Wilson? Are they good at holding him back? And that could kind of give us a sense of maybe how they'll defend, uh, you know, similar style quarterbacks throughout the schedule. Yeah, definitely interested in seeing Zach Wilson and really all their rookies, guys like Elijah Vera Tucker against some of the defensive linemen that the Giants have. And say the Giants barely play Leonard Williams if they play him a series or they don't even play him at all, which is re- realistic. That could happen. Or even Dexter Lawrence. I'm interested to see B.J. Hill. I'm interested to see some of these other players on the roster, Danny Shelton, and see how they can go up against a talented rookie like Elijah Vera Tucker. Could it be a welcome to the NFL type of moment? Possibly. And then you look at the Jets running back, Michael Carter. He's somebody else that I'm definitely interested in as well. But as for Zach Wilson, I mean, he's throwing to Elijah Moore. Very, very interesting wide receiver, more than likely coming out of the slot. Does Darnay Holmes get a chance to see the field? And if he does, how does he hold up against that talented rookie? How does Julian Love hold up against that talented rookie since he's reportedly playing a lot in the nickel position as well? So I'm really interested to see all of those matchups. And Zach Wilson, can he kind of handle the pressure if Patrick Graham dials it up a little bit? And you're not going to see anything too exotic. But the Giants do have some talented new edge rushers, guys like Aziz Ojolari. I'm not sure if Ellison Smith or O'Shane will see the field. Is Lorenzo Carter going to see the field? Ifidi Odenabo, how much will he play? I'm really interested to see how they all work in conjunction with each other and how that rookie handles it. But it's a rookie, so if the rookie doesn't handle it great, there's not much to glean from the Giants' defense from that. And that's one negative about the entire situation, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I, I think just like one matchup to keep an eye on could be Aziz Ojolari and Mekhi Becton. We talk about all the intriguing rookies the Jets have on their roster. You know, the second-year player Mekhi Becton, he jumped out. He, I think he surprised just about everyone with how NFL-ready he looked, you know, right out of the gate last year. And, you know, with his size, his ability to move is just kind of ridiculous, and that could be a really good test for Ojolari if he gets matched up on him. If Morgan Moses winds up playing the right tackle position, you know, that that is a different test, but not a bad one for the for the rookie edge either. But then, you know, the, the Jets do actually have some 
interesting wide receivers for the Giants secondary to go against. You know, they've got Corey Davis, you mentioned Elijah Moore, uh, Jameson Crowder, Denzel Mims. You know, this isn't a receiving core that is completely devoid of talent, at least not anymore. So that could also make for some interesting matchups with the Giants secondary. You know, we could get to see a Dory Jackson in a in a good matchup right off the bat. You know, we could get to see how the Giants use all of the safeties they have on their roster. And you know, that's something I think we really should be paying attention to, even if we don't get you know, the real juicy stuff like all of the coverage rotations and exotic blitz looks we know are in Patrick Graham's playbook. We could, again, start to see just the general shape of the defense. Do they play more man coverage than we saw last year, which I think is something they definitely want to do. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how much we'll get exposed to defensively. And I feel like knowing what we briefly know of Patrick Graham from his one season as the defensive coordinator, he's probably not going to tip his his hand too much uh, during this first preseason game. But we're talking about guys who are needing to prove themselves. We, we've talked a lot throughout the leading up to the preseason and during training camp specific position battles that we are locked in on and I think that this first game is going to be important for setting the tone for specific matchups so one of the ones that we've mentioned a lot is the Danny Danny Shelton Austin Johnson one who gets the most reps uh, who does the best and possibly in this situation who ends up getting the most reps might be the clearest indication of who's going to be the backup guy to the starter. If you don't need to see as much from whoever you're more confident in, you might throw in the other guy and give him more opportunities, and you also might have him running with the second and third group. The other thing, too, I think is going to be the bigger one here defensively is where do guys line up at the edge position, who gets put where, uh, who runs with which units. And you mentioned earlier, Nick, O'Shane Zimenez. Like, that's a guy who needs to come out and ball if he wants to prove himself to stick on this roster. Uh, that is really going to be super, super important, I think, is how well does O'Shane Zimenez play? And then also, just in general, where do some of these other edge players get put and how do they line up? Looking forward to it, man. I really am just because we haven't seen football in a while, you know, and <laughs> it, it, it's back now. August is an awesome month from that standpoint. It's an awesome month from fantasy standpoint. And let's hope September and October are awesome months for Giants fans because I feel like it's been a little while since they have been. These 0-5 starts, these 0-6 starts, they get old really quick. And uh, there's <laughs> a lot of, um, I think, optimism about this team right now. A lot of it's warranted, but let's hope the uh, – the things that could hold the Giants back actually don't. Let's hope this offensive line uh, develops the continuity they need. Let's hope Daniel Jones takes a step in his development. Let's hope Jason Garrett uh, adapts his offense a little bit uh, and just isn't as vanilla as he was last year. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. You know, I do like what you said, Joe, about you know maybe the guys we see the most of are the indications of who is further down on the depth chart and. You know, maybe we will get to see that dress rehearsal next week. Uh, maybe they'll save it for week three. But overall, it's just good to have football back. Yep. Very, very exciting that we have Giants football back. And we're going to be coming at you with a post-game reaction show. We should be going live on Twitter Spaces. Um, that is going to be through the Big Blue View Twitter account. So stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout. We will be going live. Chris and I immediately following the first preseason game of the Giants season. 
hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening, and then also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BigBlueView. Stay up to date on fantastic Giants content. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll be talking to you soon for the Giants' first preseason game.